Ladies and gentlemen, live from Manchester, your hosts Josh Sandy and James Herdman present the final cut. Oh my god, we're back again. It's the final cut <laughs> with Josh Sandy and James Herdman. I hope you like those tunes that we're just playing. We, we quite enjoyed them. A bit better than last week. So, what have you been watching this week, James? Well... I went to see, well, this mic is angled really, really strangely. Well, I went to see Mandy with Nicolas Cage, interestingly. And I was just wondering if I could get your thoughts on Nicolas Cage in general. <laughs> I haven't seen Nicolas Cage in that many things, for I don't think. I'm trying to think now. I've, seen, I've watched Con Air. He's good in that. I have not seen Con Air, you see, and that is just a bit a bit useless on my part, really. <laughs> yeah, that no, was good. Um, what else has he been in? Uh, well, I know he does. I know he does Adaptation. Wait, is it adaptation? Does yeah, I think it does adaptation where he plays a brother and his twin brother, which is quite interesting. And he just he's just well known for doing these strange eccentric characters. He does he does a really good one called Raising Arizona, which is one of the one of the Coen brothers' first films, which I, I think you'd quite like. But yeah, Mandy, Mandy, have you heard much about it? I've seen the thing. I've seen the poster, which is just him completely covered in blood, isn't it? Yeah, you see, I hadn't even seen that beforehand. I'd literally heard nothing about it. It was, again, one of those days where we weren't sure what we were going to go see. And <clears throat> Mandy just happened to be showing at home cinema again. So we kind of... Ooh, how, how loud is the mic today? I feel like it's a bit quiet. But the level look alright, so I think it's. should be Alright, alright, we should be good, we should be good. But yeah, Mandy was a bit of a last choice sort of thing to see. I remember walking in about maybe like two or three minutes after it started, obviously... I'd got the Uber to view cinema, having no idea if I was meant to be at home cinema. So <laughs> I, was, I was just mightily late. I kind of wandered in, and it was just this weird, like, trans sort of scene where you had no idea what's going on. It was him and Mandy kind of looking into each other's eyes and this strange, like, sepia blue and red tone going on. And it just felt like a weird, like, LSD trip sort of thing. And that is kind of the theme of... The whole film, it is this whole strange, like, drug-fueled, absurd, absurd thing going on. You don't really know what's happening most of the time. And the thing about it is that it definitely got very well-reviewed critically, but, like, people-wise, I don't know how much everyone liked it. Was it widely released, though? That's the thing. It's like, was it, if you just watch it at home, that's sort of a very thing for showing films that are more, sort of, less... Uh, commercial. Well, could you, it, could you even watch it at like View and, I, and I do not think it was on at View. I, I I had never even heard of it until the day I saw it. But I remember going going to cinema and it was absolutely rammed. It was in the it was in the biggest cinema at home. I'm going to bring out that up in a minute actually when we when we talk yeah. about Widows because I've got some thoughts about <laughs> Home which you may <laughs> disagree with. But anyway. but yeah, it was in the biggest cinema and it was pretty busy. But I think the the issue with it was it it, it somewhat took itself a little too seriously. You might say. Like, it was clearly, like, a bit of an art house piece. It was a bit ridiculous in parts, and it just... Oh, it just... It just had no idea what was going on in some parts. But some parts were hilarious as well. If like, you had to give it a genre, where would you go with it? Sort oh, of? I don't know. Like, stri- I think you'd have to compare it to something like maybe Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, that sort of thing, All right. where it's just like a constant drug trip and you've got absolutely no clue what's going on in some of the scenes. But some of the scenes are amazing. Like there's this one scene with a like a you could say like a cult leader and there's this 
I'm not even sure what the music playing in there. Talking about the Carpenters book, the Carpenters isn't playing, I don't think. And it's just, it's quite a funny scene. Like some of the scenes are genuinely really funny, and some of them are quite serious. But a lot of it is just like it's like an art piece that you don't really know what's going on. And my friend that I went to see it with gave it a, a solid three out of ten. So he hated it completely. <laughs> what would you give it? What would you give it? Then? I don't know, like a six maybe. Nothing crazy, but like crit- critic. Review-wise, I've heard it is absolutely killing it. <laughs> I've just been thinking about Nick Cage films and a film I've seen with Nick Cage in that I remember seeing when I was much younger. You watched The Sorcerer's Apprentice, the live-action one. The Sorcerer's Apprentice? I remember it's got reading Nick Cage, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Alfred, Alfred, Lame- Alfred Molina. <laughs> it's got um, Jay Bushirelli who does quite a lot of stuff with Seth Rogen. No, I don't. It's I quite don't... good. It's not that bad. It's <laughs> no, not, I mean, it's was it, was the Sorcerer's Apprentice the one that was that series of books? Was it the, was it the Darren Shan books? No, I think it's Disney because it was in the, oh. it was in the Sorcerer's uh, it was in um, Fantasia, wasn't it? Oh, the Sorcerer's yeah, Apprentice was part of that, and then it was made into like a live action film with Nick Cage. It isn't actually that bad. I didn't mind it. Yeah, Nick, Nick Cage, he really knows how to make a, a weird piece of filmmaking. But what were you going to say about home cinema? Well, I went to home cinema last night to go and watch Widows, Ooh. and I went to the cinema. It's the one that. It's what, not, what time? I was there last night. What time did I go? It was uh, half five. I watched it. Cause it was just after I left uni. Oh, I saw it. I was there at eight. But carry on. Yeah. Carry on. So I w- yeah, I left at eight. I left exactly eight o'clock. Weird. I was wondering Weird. if I was going to see you, but I didn't. <laughs> but no. Um. Yeah. Uh, I went to the one that doesn't have a, doesn't have a number. This whichever uh, cinema screen doesn't. Oh, have a it's number. got a name. It's yeah. called like it begins with an M or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. And then a uh, Mariana's. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mariana's right. screen. Just wasn't that impressed with the size or the sort of how many was, how many rows did it have? Only about like ten. Ten, ten rows. Oh, it was so small. So you haven't been to the really small ones. Is it smaller? Is the one oh, smaller? Yeah. Than that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember when I first went to home cinema. This must have been like. About two years ago, maybe. I remember I went to... It must have been the smallest screen they had. It had about pushing five rows. Like, the screen was no big... You can't see the room we're in, but the screen was no bigger than this wall. That does sound like the one I was in. Maybe I'm overestimating the number. (laughs) It was very small. No more than, like, five or six rows. It it is ridiculous how little they get it. (laughs) Yeah, but it was good. I, like... I don't mind it as a place. It's a bit of a dodgy area. I felt less safe walking back from there in the dark. when When you just walk out of home cinema... Like, it is quite nice, the area. You've got Bunny Jackson, you've got Pizza Express. Oh, yeah, that bit's nice, basically. Yeah. When you come out of there, you're sort of halfway down that road before you get to Oxford Road. Yeah, that's actually... I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the pod, but that's actually just by the area, the only place I've ever almost been mugged in Manchester. <laughs> that is literally, if you, you know you go up by Deansgate Locks. Yeah. Yeah, that little bridge. I remember I was coming back really late at night from that area. Like 2 a.m. sort of thing, stone cold sober. I remember I was walking across the bridge and two lads across from me, kind of one crosses the road to be directly in front of me and one diagonally walks towards me and asks me the time as the other kind of comes up behind him. I'm like, I do not have the time right now, I am off. But yeah, it is a bit of a dodgy area. Or did you see run off or something? I don't know, I kind of jogged off in like the opposite direction and ran into like a group of international students and <laughs> felt immediately very safe. <laughs> yeah, so I did, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't, I also have to think about home, is I imagine it's very good for sort of, uh, sort of the theatre, but it doesn't really have the same at- <clears throat> cinema atmosphere as like print works. I don't know, the thing with, the thing with you and like Odeon and all these, these big cinema brands, they're, they're great and all, but... There is something nice about home, like you can't buy your Tango Ice Blast, you, there's no popcorn available. I've got a story about that. Oh, that was the thing that worried me the most, is because <laughs> when I went in, because obviously I think it was obviously half five watching it, there weren't that many people in there, there was probably about eight other people other than me, mm. and then I was there, I brought a tube of Pringles with me, 
Actually, they were oh, knock, wow. knock, knock off Pringles guy. from Lidl. And then, um, yeah, and I was sitting there thinking, can I actually eat these? Because there's no one else appears to have brought food. And then so the, the woman sat opposite me, sort of next to sort of along the row, cracked out a packet of crisps. So oh, thought, right. so you well, felt you well, felt Well, when allowed. they've done it, then everyone else can start doing it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. I do, I do like that about home cinema, that it is like the indie style kind of artsy type. Like, like the people that go there are totally different as well. Yeah. Like you get that like sense of sophistication, and everyone is really there to enjoy the film. Yeah, it like, did feel a lot more sophisticated no, than view. No one ever talks in a film in home cinema. Like no, if I like actually. laugh a bit, like that will really that'll be quite loud. You'll notice it because every, every it's just such silence. Well, the other thing been there more than me is that just before the film started, it's very weird because they had the entirety of a music video of Paloma Faith's new single. That is peculiar. I've never heard of that happening. Is that not? Does that is that a normal thing? Where they show music video or something, or is that just some kind? I don't of know. Advert? I always found the adverts were very different at home as well. It was just like well, they sometimes advertise their own stuff. Yeah, they advertise their own stuff. They always advertise some like European partnership type thing. Yeah, and they've always they're always pushing some musical or some like art fair. With some theatre thing that when I was went that looked really 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 bizarre. Yeah, but yeah, um, actually talking of trailers that thing before we get onto widows, I want to talk about the trailer for Vice. Vice. Have you seen it? Absolutely not. It is the <laughs> one that Christian Bale is playing Dick Cheney in. Oh, Christian Bale's looking terribly out of shape for that. Isn't no, but if you, you have, so you haven't actually seen him acting no, as no. Dick Cheney, it's amazing. <laughs> really? I honestly think it could be. It's probably going to be one of the better films of next year because it's directed by Adam McKay, who did. Have you seen The Big Short? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love The Big Short. Yeah, really good film. And he's directed. He, yeah, he's directing that one. It's got Steve Carell in again. Oh, nice. It's got nice. Amy Adams in. It's got um the uh, George W. Bush is played by Sam Rockwell. From Ooh, Moon. I, Sam Rockwell, actually, I had a brief period where I got really, really into Sam Rockwell, where I, I, I think it was straight after I watched um, Three Billboards, and yeah. I, I think I watched The Way, Way Back and something else, and Sam Rockwell, he's just got this, this just like such cool like atmosphere about him. He's such a cool guy, you just love watching him. He's one of them just incredibly enjoyable to watch sort of actors. I think about that, but then I also think he was in Iron Man 2, and he was... And also, that film isn't very good, and he isn't very good in that film. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like all the all the Iron Man. But even Iron Man too. Yeah, even even that. Just not very good, is it? I'm just, I just, I just, I'm just too weak when it comes to superhero films. Sometimes I'd love to say I didn't like them, but when eventually I get to see one, I do love it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Iron Man two was sort of well, obviously like because Robert Downey Jr. is good in all of them. Mm. He's very good, but I think that put me off about Iron Man two really was who's the guy who plays the Electro guy. Was oh, it Jamie Foxx? No, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's Amazing Spider-Man too. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of um, oh Mickey Rourke. He's the um, you know the guy with the uh, whiplash. He's yeah, like the electric whips. It's the worst Russian accent. <laughs> it's probably nearly as bad as Jennifer Lawrence's in Red Sparrow. Did you ever? Did you ever watch that? The Jennifer Lawrence. No, but film? I saw the trailer and the voice in that alone. Oh, it was did just, look terrible. It didn't look like a good <laughs> yeah. film. There is. I can't remember where I read it, but there is. There is some reasoning behind why Americans just can't do Russian accents. They just can't do any European accents well. They're just generally just not great at it. No, yeah, I could imagine that. You were saying before we came in, you were saying you've been watching more of the um Yeah, I've been things. I've been watching a lot of that fellow on YouTube that does the videos about about the, the different accents in films and specifically he did one recently on I think it was Conlangs is the term. And it's for fictional fictional languages. Which I just find so interesting. Is that, that like can... Klingon from like Star Trek? Yeah, it was Klingon and Dothraki, and, and the how, whatever language they speak in Avatar, 
which we'll get on to. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that later, actually. <laughs> yeah. we do that now? Because uh, James <laughs> hasn't heard these yet, and I saw these just before I came in, because they've released the uh, titles for the next four Avatar four. films. Four. Let me remind you. Four. There's but, been one, and it was bad. And they're bringing four, I think, though. I don't think it was, it's very long, but I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> there was one, and it wasn't great. We'll go with that. No, I didn't mind it. I remember watching it. I don't think I watched it all in like the first attempt. I think I watched the second half like the day after. Am I, I right so saying it came out about nine years ago? About two thousand, yeah, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I think. Wow, that it came out ages. a very long time ago. But yeah, I was just trying to find what the titles are. So yeah, basically, there's uh, two coming out in twenty twenty, and then another in twenty twenty one. So that is the first two that film filmed back Why, to back. Is there any reason they took so long making them? I don't know. I think it's because they wanted. To, I think maybe technology catching up. Because oh, obviously right. you. Are you aware that it's going to be based underwater? Absolutely not. Which I am why, not aware of anything. It's so weird. <laughs> it's why James Cameron's become like an underwater explorer now. He is the first man to go to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, which is the lowest you can go in on in the sea in the world. That's ridiculous. He's the first he man to this? do it by himself. <laughs> by himself? Along those lines, he's got some kind of record because <laughs> he's become some kind of... Because obviously, to be fair, quite a lot of the stuff he's done is quite to do with water, isn't it? Like the abyss was... I guess, water, I guess. And then Titanic, that was a lot of underwater I stuff. remember hearing once that James Cameron's a good, uh, a good example of what you do when you just give a man just heaps of money to do whatever he wants with. And those are what his films are. But then he, but then he got that, <laughs> but then he deserved it, though, because he did, he did Alien. People forget he's Alien Terminator. Yeah, yeah, he, did, the, so, he did some absolute classics. It was Aliens he did, doesn't it? The second yeah. one. Ridley Scott, the first one. And then, obviously, yeah, he did Terminator. But, but Terminator 1 and T2. Uh, I'm not sure. He definitely didn't do T3. No. <laughs> no, that's just... Yeah. But anyway, we'll get on to the names of the Avatar films. It's like, well, also putting out that, um, yeah, 2024 and 2025, because each one's being... The two are being filmed back to back together. So there's the first set and then a second set. Oh, right. So um, wow. in 2020, we have Avatar, Way of the Water. Obviously, the water thing. Classic. And then uh, then 2021, we have Avatar, the Seed Bearer. Uh <laughs> 2024, we have Avatar the Tolkien Rider. What does that even mean? Exactly. What's the, what does the word Tolkien that mean? That's what I was going to point out after the, second, after the last one, which is 2025 and the quest for Ewa. Ewa? E- How is you spelled? E Y W A. E Y W A. Ewa. Ewa? Ewa? I don't know. But anyway, because that's the problem with it, is that, especially if you're announcing them this far in the future, saying the Tolkien Rider makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, because obviously the Tolkien would be something that gets introduced in one of the first or second ones. It made me think of Tusken Raider from the original Star Wars uh, film, the first one. Wow. The wow. one that just has the gun and makes a weird noise. Yeah, what do, what, what do you think these new Avatar films are going to be like? I think they'll probably be quite good. Do you? I think they will because the, the I mean it's hard to get a film bad if you've got like uh, he's gonna have some he's gonna I bet has there ever been a billion dollars spent on a film? They're saying that they <laughs> they're saying that these the the combined production value of all of these will be over a billion. That is just ridiculous. The most you know, the most I bet you know I bet unless you really know this you never guess what the most expensive film ever made is. Oh, you'd have to I'd have to go with Avatar. <laughs> nope. It really? is Pirates of the Caribbean, The World's End. Oh, that makes sense as well. Yeah, that's how, how much did they spend? Like one fifty mil or something? I don't think it's one fifty. I don't know. I'll have a look in a second. But I think, um, yeah, in terms of expensive films, obviously that's going to be quite up there. But I think it'd be quite good. Like the effects in the first one were amazing. Well, how how can you get a film wrong when you have that much money to just pour at it? Like even if it comes out absolutely trash, you can just pour more money out of it, edit the hell out of it, reshoot it. Then they, if they made a film wrong with a billion dollars you just he should retire <laughs> yeah i guess i'm just looking at the um most expensive films uh we'll do unadjusted for inflation yeah pirates of the caribbean i was no it was on stranger tides overtook it 
which originally at World End, uh, Stranger Tides was $379 million. Oh, so my guess of 150 was way out the window. About half that, yeah. $370 million. <laughs> That's very weird, actually. That's very bizarre. I've always wondered who funds these. Like, I know you get the list of producers, the exec producers, everything, but that's a lot of money. It is, <laughs> but, but considering that Avatar grossed, what was it, was that over $2 billion, wasn't it? Yeah, something ridiculous. So, I mean, they're going to pour money into that, because if you think about it, well, if you think about it, even if they're spending a billion on the next four films, they've still got a billion left to play with after the first one. Yeah, and the amount of hype they're getting, like, no one's going to... I mean, I know people that won't go see them, but, like, no one really is going to miss the most expensive films ever created. Just looking at this list, I've noticed something that's really bizarre, is that Avengers Age of Ultron cost more than Infinity War. Which, how on earth they managed that is unbelievable, considering the <laughs> fact you have the acting talent in Infinity War vastly outseat, at supersedes. Like, in Age of Ultron, you didn't have, like, Chris Pratt was in it. You paid yeah. money for that. And then the other characters that weren't in Age of Ultron, how on earth they managed to spend... Yeah, because they've got, they've got, like, everyone in Infinity War. It's not even they? close. It's 50 million. They've managed, they saved <laughs> 50 million from the film, because also considering Infinity War is significantly better. Yeah, it is, to be fair. It, it is. is. Anyway. There, there, there does come a point where like money just can't improve a film, though. Like, no, there are probably some quite good examples of that that I'm trying to think of right now. <laughs> where, but, well, the Pirates of the Caribbean... Oh, yeah, Stranger pretty, Tides. Yeah, it's not the best of films, That is film it? was really bad. Wasn't Pirates of the Caribbean originally based off a fairground, right? Yeah, it's based on the... Uh, at, uh, is it Florida? Yeah, I think it's the Florida one. Oh, um, wow. Walt Disney World, Florida. How did, how did that get inspired? How did well, that come Well, that's sort of... But Pirates is just a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I imagine it's somewhat some kind of... Um, obviously, they're not allowed to r- directly rip it off, but, like, Treasure... Not Treasure Planet. That's what I was going to say after that, G. Like, um... What's do, you, do you like Treasure Planet? I do. I love Treasure I remember Planet. Playing, it must be one of my favourite animated films I remember ever. playing the uh, PlayStation 1 or 2 game. I, rem- I remember even better when the... The toys for Treasure Planet came out in the Kellogg serials, and you had like the spinny things with the characters on. Oh, it was amazing! Treasure Planet was unreal. <laughs> like, I always forget about the film. I didn't realize it until I looked it up a couple. I watched a YouTube video. That is it that Joseph Gordon? Yeah, it's Joseph Gordon Levitt in it. <laughs> how on earth I managed? How that managed to out, sort of surpass me? He must have been so young then. Yeah, he must have been pretty young. I think <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt's one of the most underrated actors at the moment. He's amazing. But I think he's, he is underrated. I think. Yeah, he he directed and like wrote his own film not so long ago. Yeah, I remember reading yeah, he about did, that. He did Don John, and I remember Don John was, it was a so-so sort of film. Like it was fine if it was. It was about him. It, he starred in it. He directed it. It had, I think, it was Scarlett Johansson. It was kind of the relationship between them two, and it was fine as like a first attempt, but it was nothing amazing. No, I think to be fair, in his career, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's done some like Looper's. Looper's really good. Looper is great. You I know, love that. Film. You know they actually put makeup on him to make him. It's the, and they like layered the eyebrows, his face. Isn't it? Yeah, he looks really weird. Made him look more like Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Looper is really quite quite a. Piece yeah, it was of directed watching. by I think the guy who did a Star Wars film was Rian Johnson. Ray, Ryan, I think it is Ryan. No, it's Ryan. I think he's Welsh. Weird. He got to put Ryan. It's R I N R I N. I think. Yeah, yeah, but Looper, Looper's a great one. It does it does the whole time travel sort of idea really well. Yeah, it's one of the ones that makes it make more sense than most stuff. But yes, Josh, tell me about Widows. I would well, Widows, love to I hear think, about that. What made me think Not about, too much, though. I haven't seen it yet. No. Well, what made me sort of think about that was when you were talking about ensemble casts, oh, sort right. of Infinity War. And Widows, I think, other than Infinity War, has one of the greatest casts. Like, looking at the list is um, <laughs> no, this year, it's unbelievable. Like, Viola Davis, Colin Farrell, Liam Neeson, Robert Duvall. Ooh. Just massive names, and it's really good. Like this is a hundred percent up. Is there. it? A, is it a thriller? Well, that's what I wanted to set, talk about. It's like, well, if you watch the trailer, it looks like a heist film, 
But I think heist is very difficult between the line of heist and thriller. And I think for Widows, personally, from what I've seen, I'm erring more onto the side of uh, to thriller for it. Oh, right, But right. it's also like quite political and not sort of like... Where's it, it, where it set? It is set in Chicago. Ooh. Sort of normal, like around this time. And it's basically... A, the, oh, I can talk about the plot a tiny bit because it's sort of in the trailer. Is It's basically a group of women whose husbands are criminals and they basically rob this guy and then they all, get, they all die... Ooh. And then the guy goes after one of their Spoiler. wives. The guy that robbed goes after one of their wives. And then they have to go to do the next heist he planned in order to get the money to pay this guy off. So is it primarily about the women or do the guys star in it quite a bit as well? No, that's very much not very much about the women. Oh, right, oh, right. And then, but then also a sort of subplot of the person they've run, the person they've robbed off is standing in as an election as the alderman of a uh, borough of chicago Ooh, and then it's also to, so that's how it works to get like political and i wasn't really expecting it, it was actually quite interesting because it was sort of like it was sort of about political corruption and sort of nepotism because colin farrell is the son of robert duval and they've mm. been like alderman of this borough for so many years and sort of how much <laughs> nepotism there's been and how he got the thing of sort of the robert duval's influence in city hall and stuff how do you reckon that's going to do around the uk then are people going to love it I think it's going to be... I don't know sort of people going to watch it are sort of... I think it's a bit more... Is it bit, another one of them only showing at home? Or is it no, a no, I think it's well? pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's not going to... It might not... Well, I think I mean, the critical reviews are pretty amazing for it from what I'm seeing. But I don't know whether or not people will be sort of that sort of enamoured by parts of it or whether it might be a bit... Because obviously it's directed by Steve McQueen, the same guy who did 12 yeah, Years a Slave. Yeah, 12 Years a Slave. And it's written by Gillian Flynn who did Gone Girl. Ooh. And if you've ever seen, I, I or do know, love love yeah. Gonga. If you know about that, you'll be able to tell why there's why I like the one, another reason why I liked it so much is that there are some very big twists in it Ooh, that I 100 percent didn't see coming. I, I do remember with Gonga, I, I I remember people being very split on whether they liked it or not, but I just loved it throughout. Mm. I yeah, thought, I've heard. I thought everyone's character was so great. I almost everyone's quite dislikable by the end of Gonga, but I thought it was all amazing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of things, I wasn't so keen on is that there were sort of a there were a few moments of humour in it that were just a bit sort of flat. Or a bit distasteful. Well, not not even distasteful. <laughs> just like you know, you see them do something, and you think, well, some people are laughing, but actually, why did you put that in? You sort of yeah. undermine your own thing there. And also, the ending was a bit rushed. I think. Yeah, Gongo Gongo was based off a book, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was written by Gillian Flynn. Actually. Yeah, I remember. I remember hearing. Uh, hearing obviously, everyone loves to say the book was better, but I can, I can actually imagine that book was probably quite a bit more. You got a lot more out of it. Yeah, I mean, just sort of the ending was just a bit sort of. Don't know yeah. how I feel. It's like the film went on for two hours, ten minutes, I think, and then there were some bits in the middle you probably could have cut. I'm, out I'm starting to really appreciate a good short film. Yeah, like every time I'm in there because I'm going to the cinema so much. Like any time a film is done within two hours, it is like ah, nice. That has just finished at the right time. That is probably another point with Mandy. It could have been about half an hour shorter. How long was it? Oh, look, look it up. But I, I swear it must have been like. Uh, like 215 sort of thing i'll check i'll check yeah i mean that's sort of the standard thing now is that i think back in the day like i don't know how true this is of sort of how many long i've been watching films but like from my childhood sort of the, my early teens i couldn't imagine that many films went on longer than an hour and a half or hour 45 yeah hour and a half is just but now, absolutely like, perfect now two hour 15 is 100 percent the standard like, i don't know why that is like wouldn't cinemas always want to show as many films as possible actually, in that day, must be true in opposed to longer films i think i've been to the cinema probably six or seven times since i came back to uni and i don't think i've seen one film that was under two hours that is ridiculous 100 no i can't <laughs> i can't have i haven't actually have you ever watched any just actual short films no but i'm going to watch oh, one. It was it, mandy was two hour one minute and i would have definitely 
put it way down to about one and a half hours if I if I could. Have. I'm going to watch a sort of short film on Tuesday to the Manchester Animation Festival. I'm going to. Oh, that should be and exciting. It's sort of, it is. It is a longer film. It's like I think it's about an hour and a half, but it's sort of five mini films oh, sort right. of put together as an anthology. Or like independently done. No, it's done by the same person. Oh, right, but right. it's sort of an anthology. So I'm going to go for a bit of a. Sort of. Yeah, I'm just saying it should be interesting. Short films. I've never really been to any of the film festivals in Manchester. I know there was one. Was it quite recently the Fear Fest that was running? Yeah, that was done in association with Film Four, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I remember seeing the adverts for it when I was watching something on Film well, Four. I always, I always imagine that when you go to a horror film t- style thing, that they're not actually that scary. I imagine they just make them all based off the '80s horror style films and make them cool and nostalgic, but aren't actually as terrifying as you might hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really. I'm not a big fan of horror films, so I haven't actually seen. Yeah, I don't no one, no one is one. anymore. I don't think. No, I just think kid, just kids and teenagers. Yeah, sort of missed the golden age, really, haven't you? Yeah, sort of just what was good. I but, still didn't manage to see Halloween. <laughs> no, oh well, yeah, <laughs> the projector's still broken. I imagine. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no. Okay, so back to what I was saying about Widows. I think there's sort of um, one thing I did like about it that I do want to sort of emphasise is that sort of there's sort of a lot of buzz online about being sort of an empowering feminist thing. Yeah, and it is really good for that. <clears throat> But my favourite thing about it is the fact that it's not overt. Like, it's not one of the things that sort of slaps you in the face and sort of is like on the nose, sort of, oh, women can do anything men yeah. can do kind of level. It's sort of, you watch and you think, wow, this is really, like, I don't know, I think, it's one thing I did notice about Black Klansman, to go back to that. I think oh, yeah, that really that, hits you in the face. Well, there's sort it. of some parts of it you watch and then you think, you sort of listen to the dialogue and they get to the point and you're just thinking, like, just say it's about Donald Trump. Yeah. Just say the words. I mean, they the literally, I think, our... I think it was at the end of Black Klansman, they do actually show images of yeah, the yeah, protests the sort of at the in, time sort of bit in the middle. it's just a bit ridiculous like yeah. there's, a, there's a bit in the middle where they thought of i might misquote it here but this is sort of the main sort of part of it it's just a bit where these sort of the guys sort of saying some kind of like right wing sort of racist kind of stuff and then someone goes wow a guy like that will never be president oh and then it's goodness. just like they might as well just look at the camera and wink <laughs> <laughs> and so sort of, it didn't do that. It's, that's the thing I yeah, like the most. Yeah, so, subtlety is a very yeah. underrated for, thing, thing in filmmaking. I want to talk about uh, the standout performances as well that I noted while I was watching it. There's Viola Davis, obviously. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's amazing in everything she's in. Except Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> she, but she isn't. I don't think she's that bad in no, it. No, she's fine. She's as good as you can be in a film like that. Yeah, because that film is absolutely yeah, god awful. That is just trash. <laughs> and yeah, um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's in it. Daniel Kaluuya, he is really, y- your really, boy. <laughs> he's so menacing. Like it's genuinely disturbing to watch. Yeah, he's, he a, is, he's a really he's, impressive. Oh, he's so a really good. impressive actor. But I mean, the the character he plays as well is just it's so just. Don't need to have to describe. Like, there's a scene in it. It's just one of those. It's like it's so understated, but it's one of those brutal scenes I've ever seen in a film. Oh, did you you saw Get Out, didn't you? Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Actually. You didn't see Get Out. No, that, I that's with it. Daniel Kaluuya, right? Yeah, yeah. That is just. I remember. I remember with Get Out. Like I. I don't mind watching trailers. Like trailers are fine and everything, but I don't like to like overwatch them and go in knowing everything. But I remember with Get Out, I saw one trailer for it and I was completely hooked. Watched so many trailers for it, went in with so much excitement about it, and it just was as amazing as I thought. And Daniel Kaluuya is just so impressive in, in that. Yeah, no, but I just think if, when, when you watch the film, you'll understand what scene <laughs> I'm talking about, and it is the most understated thing. But it's so unbelievably horrific to watch. Jesus, it was honestly like I was sitting the crack. Oh. I don't want to think about it. It was horrible, and um, yeah, and also the other one is uh, Cynthia Erivo's in this, who is who I sort of said how good she was in Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh yeah, I, again, still haven't seen Bad and Times. And as soon as but... I leave here, I'm going to a popular betting shop down uh, Oxford Road and putting a tenner on her to win an <laughs> Academy Award in what, the next what, what seven odds years. What are you hoping to get? I don't know. 
I'm not actually going to do that. But you should. You I've should. Been, I've been thinking about doing it because I honestly believe me and that, me and my mates talk about it every year, just betting on all the Oscars. But I remember if you if you actually look up the odds, roughly. You don't make a lot of money if you bet on the favourites because they come in so often. I don't think she will be nominated this year, but I would put uh, my idea is to put money on her to win one, win Best Actress in the next like five or seven years. Oh, she one hundred percent will do it. Oh, one she's of them that's just coming come through the she, ranks. So she's quickly. been in two of my favourite films this year so far. She was in Bad Times at the El Royale, probably the best second best thing in that film, and she's been in Widows as well. I'm excellent in that. You know, I was having this conversation about um, actors that really come into their own in, like, older age. Like, you remember with Matthew McConaughey, he was the McConaissance. And oh, he yeah. did everything amazing in, like, a five-year period. Dallas Buyers Club is brilliant. Yeah, he just did Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. He did Interstellar. He did Mud. He did he did all sorts of stuff. He just absolutely killed it. Because I remember when I was younger, Matthew McConaughey did, like, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past and just absolutely terrible films. He really came into his own. But I was talking to someone about actors that do that. And what do you think about Joaquin Phoenix? I'm trying to think of films I've seen with him in. Well, his classic is Gladiator that he did in 97, where he plays the uh, Emperor-type character. Bit of a... I saw... I loved Gladiators as a kid, so I think I really, like, idolised the sort of character Joaquin Phoenix was, but... Um, maybe he wasn't as good an actor at the time as I thought, but recently he has really been killing it. He has been. He did The Master, which was quite quite impressive. He did Inherent Vice. He did the one I just saw, which was called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Away on Foot. I believe it was called, or Won't Escape on Foot, or Won't. Get Don't away. worry, he won't get far on foot. He won't get far on foot. That was it. Yes, and I saw that yesterday at home, just as you would have been leaving. And that was... I remember my friend was reading the plot to me at the time, but I was like, I don't want to know the plot. I want to go in completely blind. And it is a really sweet film. It's basically about... I don't want to give too much away, because you do kind of... It's one of those films that is constantly switching between different time periods, like before, let's say, the key event in it happens, after the key event, during... And like it, it talks a lot about alcoholism. It talks a lot about disability. There's quite a bit of romance in it. Jonah Hill's in it. He plays this like you could say like a gay therapist type um, sponsor for alcoholics. He's been killing it as well recently. He though. has been absolutely he been, killing. It. He but, is so funny in it as well. But, but, <laughs> like if you look at his career, like from like obviously Superbad's a really good film, but you'd never yeah. think that he would have gone on to do what he's done. Yeah, because he did. He did. He. Got, we got he did brilliant. Moneyball, where yeah. he got nominated for the Oscar. And, then, and Wolf of Wall Street, he's just amazing in. But there are a lot of comedians, like, killing it now as, like, thing you can't... Like, Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell's been great. He was nominated for an Oscar for Foxcatcher. Yeah, he, he, he just comes so far. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, especially. Sort of interesting to... But, yeah, with with this Walking Phoenix film, like, it, it does challenge... It does, like, it does... You see a lot of, like, problems in society and... It does challenge a lot of these, and it really, like, it shows you, like, I remember, basically, he's he's in a wheelchair in it, and I remember hearing this thing once that, like, big things like, say, winning the lottery and becoming seriously disabled and these massive things that happen in your life, they don't really change you as pe- people. Like, if you're a nice person and you are in a car accident and you lose your legs, you're just a nice person without legs then. And if you're an absolute piece of dirt and you win the lottery, you're just a bad person with a lot of money. And it kind of shows that, that, that like, although he is in this terrible accident, you can still live a life. And it was all based off a true story, actually. Mm. It's all about how he 
when basically he he draws these really crude cartoons, yeah. which are themed quite heavily in the film, and these cartoons are just outright like sexist, racist, um, just quite quite dark humor. But they they go down quite well, and there are some really stand up performances in it. Like Rooney Mara's in it; she plays yeah. a she plays a Scandinavian girl, and uh, Jonah Hill's quite amazing. And funny thing about Rooney Mara, you know how her and Kate Mara sisters. Well, she's oh. excellent House Cards, of course. Kate yes, Mara. yes. And I, as we're leaving, I go, ah, oh, Rooney Mara's really good in it. And my, my friend goes to me, he says. You know, she's she's actually Scandinavian. I go, what are you talking about? She's American. <laughs> she's sisters with Kate Marvin. He goes, no, 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 those two aren't sisters. <laughs> we just argue about it <laughs> until we finally look up. He's like, oh, I'll bet you're five on it. They're definitely not sisters. I'm like, you are insane. <laughs> they are, they're spitting image of each other as well, aren't yeah. they? Like, yeah, how they could you not similar. think they were sisters? <laughs> talking of House Cards, have you watched it yet? No, I still haven't. No, I haven't bothered either. <laughs> As my brother said, it is worth watching, but not... In the, apparently it's good, but not in the way you think it might be. Or yeah, because they, they had to they had to get rid of <coughs> Kevin Spacey, yes. obviously. Yeah, for that's, obvious reasons. Let's not uh, let's not mention that one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I never did watch much House of Cards. I only maybe watched the first season. I quite enjoyed oh, right. it. No, I've been it I was... kept up to date with it until <coughs> yeah. last until last season. It sort of dips in the middle a bit. Like the first two series are pretty good, then it gets a bit bad again. But <coughs> the last series was pretty decent. Like the end of the last series was amazing. What what have you been watching on Netflix recently? Well, well, that's what I was going to talk about because I recently wrote an article because I write them sometimes. Ooh, I I, I aim to write an article one day but for a popular online <laughs> website which I won't name drop here. And <laughs> I'd have name dropped it. I'm not going to name drop it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I did it. It was called something on the lines of um, ten uh, no, documentaries on Netflix that are better than um, Making a Murderer. Oh right. So I've sort, I've sort I'm of, guessing you're not a fan of making a murderer well, from that really. from that title. I watched the first episode and I never got into it. <laughs> you just the first episode. Well, yeah, but I sort of watched. That was it. all you needed. <laughs> well, no, but I sort of just you know when you watch something you don't really get the drive to carry on. Yeah, with it. yeah, I know. And what I just you mean. Thought, and I've also read some other things about it. Like I'm not entirely sat on the whole sort of. Yeah, I think I think with making the making a murderer, you really need to to watch it immediately when it came out a couple of years ago yeah i think you'd have got quite into it then but i think also as well like i've read some other stuff that's sort of saying about how it's very biased in one way well, obviously but it'd be know, ridiculous if you made something like that that wasn't incredibly biased but i don't know i just sort of that's it's a bit sits uneasy with me let's say that put it that way <laughs> Not because it's received quite a lot of criticism from the woman's family who was actually murdered oh yeah i imagine they're not the biggest yeah, fans no. and there's no doubt she was murdered regardless of who did it and it's sort <laughs> yeah. of when you insult we're well, not insulting but when you're sort of antagonizing the family of a victim did he ever get released in the end the making no. a murder of they were gonna they were gonna release the, his nephew his but then that got blocked or something. Oh, and then weird. But apparently now, that then obviously the recent election in America, I think the, the attorney general there changed or something in the state. Yeah, which is just might, all, ridiculous. Will affect but... it in some way, but I have no <laughs> idea how. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that obviously if he didn't do it, then it's they're raising important, an important thing. Yeah. But I don't know, I think, just think apparently in some ways it's not as unbiased I, I th- as I they think that is quite believe. cool that we almost... Like, I'm not a big fan of vigilante justice in general. Like, I hate it when... like. I don't know if you're on Twitter much, but you'll see someone does crime X, Y, or Z, and someone will be like, retweet this scumbag so everyone knows who he is, and it's just like a weird way of like hating on people. But I do kind of like it the other way, that you can like really bring to points in this like modern society how like if someone has been like unjustly like convicted of a crime, you can you can literally make a documentary about it. Yeah. And you can prove your point to a mass audience. It's quite amazing. Things that I've watched on Netflix that I was <coughs> enjoying. Um have you ever watched Dark Tourist? I have not. It's incredibly good. What is it about? It is about a man, a he's, he's sort of a sort of a Louis Theroux type character. 
He's, he's a bit New, odd. Bit New Zealand, awkward. yeah. New, he's a New Zealand journalist. He's called David Farrier. Oh, right. and he takes the takes on sort of a tour of uh, dark tourism, which is a sort of a phenomenon phenomenon where people go to sort of weird tourist attractions like like Chernobyl, but sort of more. Oh, I do love Chernobyl. There's like one. There's <laughs> the one of the ones I saw was he went to on a um, Jeffrey Dahmer themed tour of Milwaukee. Jeffrey Dahmer. That's the. He's the. He's the Milwaukee cannibal. He yeah he. He killed the he killed the gay men, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing a really good film about Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. And that sort of the yeah, sort of does stuff like that. He sort of goes you know, swimming in a um a crater made from a nuclear blast. Yeah, that the Jeffrey Dahmer thing I probably have to say, did I ever mention my friend Dahmer to you, the film? No. It was about it's a it's just a drama biopic just about Jeffrey D- J- Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer. His childhood. Right, yeah. And it's it just shows how weird a kid he was in high school and how these like psychotic tendencies like built up in him yeah. as a kid. It's got quite a good cast as well. And it didn't get Who's reviewed that well. It's got did you ever see I can't even name it. I'll look it up at some point for you. But yeah. it's it's just very strange. It's very uneasy to see him as a kid. And he it is like it's got those like really dark, awkward moments where you where you look at him and be like, Yes, this guy could definitely be a murderer at <laughs> yeah. some point. I can imagine. Yeah, ca- carry on about it. And you. then also just I watched some other ones that were quite good, but I think the other one I want to talk about mainly is uh if you've ever seen uh, Get Me Roger Stone. No, I have not. That film is mental. <laughs> do you have, are you aware who, who Roger Stone is? No. He is a political strategist. Right. And he worked with Donald Trump for his not the proper presidency for the um for the nomination. Oh right. And the film is really weird. It was filmed before all the, the Donald Trump became president. And then you see sort of people in it, like is the interviewer Paul Manafort who worked with him. Oh right. obviously this man's now in prison for sort of the, <laughs> the sort of the thing he did. And he's talking about how like how sort of a legit their business is, and then two of the people interviewed ended up in prison like the year after. That is quite impressive. Really weird. But no, Roger Stone is a very strange man. He like he <laughs> w- originally worked for um, Nixon and Reagan on their presidential campaigns, and then he's been involved in sort of Republican politics, doing some fairly shady is things. He, is, he, is he doing well for himself? Is he, he still, is, yeah, is he's he still a, going strong? Yeah, he's made a career out of being just a very sort of underhand, sort of shady character. It doesn't portray him in maybe the best light, yeah, but he comes ac- he comes across as sort of a very sort of eccentric. You Does he help- seem like a nice guy? No, <laughs> he seems terrible well, as well. Well, in the document, obviously morally he's a bit sort of dicey because obviously some of the stuff he's he was involved in is sort of he always claims to have had no involvement in Watergate. But I oh mean, yeah, clearly, that's, clearly that's it's a bit all sort him. Of, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know, but um, sort of yeah. And my favorite thing about him though, about how eccentric and strange he is, is he has a tattoo of Richard Nixon. That is about the, quite a large one on his upper back. Just oh, that he doesn't have any that other is tattoos. So peculiar. Just literally Richard Nixon's face, probably about the size of like an iPhone on his back. So strange. It's a strange man. Why did he get that? Because he worked with Nixon back in. He was is involved. that a reason? Does everyone who worked with Nixon get the get the tattoo yeah, on I'd the like back? See, is it like it's like a cult thing? I'd like to see someone who worked who works at Ten Downing Street now get Theresa May God, that tattooed would be on so their peculiar. back. No, she'd have to be doing the Abba dance. Oh yeah, just like literally those movement with her skeletal sort of body parts. Yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> decent. So anyway, talking of documentaries, what is your favourite documentary of all time? My favourite documentary of all time. I don't. I don't. Maybe know of all time. Maybe. Oh, I could go with this. I think I very much like the Internet's Own Boy, which mm-hmm. is about. I think it's about Aaron Schwartz. I could be just naming this all wrong. Let's go with it. The Internet's Own Boy about Aaron Schwartz, who I believe is the founder of Reddit, and he was. 
a big kid on the internet. It was it was I think he he must be a similar sort of age to me, if not a bit older. And he did all these amazing new coding technologies and he founded Reddit and he was involved with people that were involved in the uh, the Silk Road and it just talks about him and his family and it finally builds up to well he did he did kill himself that is quite a key thing like he got all these court summons and he it didn't eventually end his life and it's a very interesting view on like what you can do with the internet what how you can how you can change how one person can just like change the world in such a little way and it's quite an emotional little little thing to watch. Yeah, no, I recommend sound, it. I, I've, I haven't seen it, but that does sound. Yeah, no, good. it's it's good. It's I good. Look that one up. Uh, <laughs> I think my favourite one, which is very bit of a left field choice, <laughs> is Super Size Me. Really, I absolutely love that film. The guy who eats the McDonald's. Yeah, for like he eats McDonald's every yeah, day. Yeah, and a every month. time if they say, "Do you want to go Super Size?" He's got to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think it was such an interesting, like, because obviously, if anything, it's sort of, that's like Completely vlogging. ruins him, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. He, he's in a bad way. There's one thing where he eats, like, so much, he just vomits out the side of his car. You see, like, to I'm watch. probably not the best person to talk about it, but, like, I don't have the best diet. Like, I eat, eat out a lot. Like, I cook at home so rarely, I eat out, like, easily every day at some point. <laughs> and, like, I feel fine. <laughs> but I think when you just eat McDonald's every single day... McDonald's think, would just ruin But the thing I it? think about it, that if you watch it back now, was it was 2004, so that's almost 15 years ago. One of the things that's so thingy about it is that he almost sort of invented, in a way, vlogging. Really? Well, that's sort of it is, because he's filming himself, because he's the only guy doing it. So he's filming himself. Yeah, you Well, he has, like, one that. other cameraman or something, and he's sort of documenting... It's like, because you, you see people do it on YouTube now, don't you? Yeah. I saw I one the other day that was... Vlog. Um, what was it? I saw, you see people do weird <clears> stuff. Like, I was it? I saw it the other day. I was a man who ate only ate, like, Tesco value food for a month. Or he only ate... And then he did another one. We only ate um, stuff that was in the reduced section of Marks and Spencer's <laughs> for a week. There's a good fellow on YouTube called London Hacks. And oh, he, yeah. Yeah, he does little things in London where he would do, like, living on a pound for a day. Yeah, I watched... Or starting with a tenner and trying to get a car or something. Yeah, they're quite interesting, actually. Yeah, I, I, I watched he'll, he'll use all year. these websites where you can trade and swap things. Yeah. And you can just... There's one where someone's like, there's a website where people are just giving stuff away. So it will collect like a junky sort of TV, cash it in for 20 quid, go buy a bike, ride somewhere, do some delivery. It was quite interesting. Yeah, I thought it was quite an interesting way of looking, look, sort of an <coughs> interesting sort of thing. He was the one that lived homeless, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. sort of showed how people like, like did stuff like print off free gym memberships, yeah. what trials, then just went and used their showers. Yeah, it's it, it does show that like with any sort of like, issues in society whether you're whether you're homeless or particularly poor or any of these things like technology really can help quite a bit like the yeah. ability to use a computer to connect with people that's like that's how you get out of like that bottom section yeah. of society i think I yeah so going back to supersize me do you know there's supposed to be a sequel was there it's it supposed to come out last year <clears throat> and then what, what was, was he gonna do eat burger king no it was sort of a look at sort of it's called supersize me Two: holy chicken Ooh. and it was sort of based around sort of how he- uh, fast food rebranded itself as health food like, you know, it's sort of that thing, you know, they say, like, you go and if you have a Caesar salad at McDonald's, it actually has more calories in it than Big Mac and more fat. Yeah, I love that. And sort of more salt and stuff. But it's never going to be seen, it's never going to see the light of day. Why? Because uh, Morgan Spellock got me tooed by himself. By himself? Yeah, he sort of did a blog post he wrote about because he sort of assumed someone would come out and say about him eventually. Oh, so that he'd sexually assaulted someone? No, sort of, but it's not really sexually harassed. Sort of that kind of level of harassment and yeah. assault and stuff. And then, yeah, like the people who the production company cut ties with him and it's never going to be released. Well, that I did is... try and look for it on the internet, but I couldn't even find it, so. I'm sure you could find it somewhere. Yeah, if maybe. he's made it, it must be, it must be kicking around yeah, in the worlds. 
but yeah, I sort of, sort of, sort of that made me think about do- other documentaries I like. And I sort of, um, have you ever seen, um, what was I going to say about a Pixar story? No, I It's such a lovely documentary. It's sweet. It's so nice. <laughs> it's all about sort of how Pixar went from like the beginning of like, do you know how Steve Jobs was involved in them? Yeah, he, like, owned, he, it, saved he owned them, a big piece Yeah, he them. saved them from bankruptcy. Yeah. And then they ended up making Toy Story then got bought by Disney and stuff. Oh, which is really nice until you realise that uh, John Lasseter, who was, the head of, who was originally the head of Pixar, he got me too as well. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Bad name. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's good, right? It's good, yeah. Yes, it is good. It is good. But yeah, no, I did quite like killing it. off content creators for harassment stories. But it's yeah. good though. Yeah, like, it's. I think to be fair, I think I saw today actually they're making a film about it as well what? already. Meet the Me Too movement. It's going to become. How a long film. has the Me Too movement been going? Well, I think it started about this time last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I did hear that Woody Allen's quite recent film. Um, it had it had the kid out of. What's the film about the two gay guys in Italy? Uh, I have no idea which one you're talking about. It came out last year. I can't think of what's on that. Coming is. of age film. No, I'm not sure. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember what his name is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Irrelevant anyway. But someone was in Woody Allen's recent film, and the whole cast apparently gave their money to the Me Too movement. Yeah. Because obviously Woody Allen is an absolute creep. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that is probably, un- probably undeniable. Speaking of point. documentaries, have you seen the recent Louis Theroux one? I have. Altered States and. Yes. It was just one. the one about polyamory, wasn't it's, it? It was so. It was interesting. <clears throat> But I just really felt sorry for Jerry. Jerry. Jerry is an unfortunate man. I will explain this for anyone who didn't watch it. Uh, basically, <laughs> um, polyamory is where people have... Obviously, you have, like, people are married or in a relationship and they involve someone else in the marriage. Yeah, uh, yeah, just, we'll go with that. We'll I've go just with got that. a text off my brother and apparently the person you were thinking of was called Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Bang on. <laughs> Absolutely jumping in there. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, there you go. You can get involved too. Uh, tweet us at... <laughs> at the final oh, I've, cut I've already MCR had, I've already had a text Twitter. off my mate Jamie just just saying Aliens is my favourite film in yeah. capitals well, that's a bit of a more James Cameron but yeah there. carry on about Jerry about and the unfortunate yeah. polyamory so basically, yeah, life. these people have sort of they have their partners and they, they find someone else <clears> to sort of involve in that but they don't it's sort of this not che- is cheating whereas the other person's aware about it and is okay yeah. with it yeah. but Jerry very much wasn't okay with it oh Jerry Jer- sort of but- so Jerry's oh. wife, whose name I forget, has another boyfriend yeah. who is basically going through a divorce, or they're still together, but they're basically getting divorced. Yeah, his so, wife's in ruins. Yeah. And then so this, so Jerry's wife will spend every other night with this other man, and then Louis sort of interviewing him, and then it's sort of just like, how, how do you feel about this, Jerry? And he's the most meek man. Oh, he is just, just he is an ultimate beta. He he is living an unfortunate life, Jerry. And honestly, it is gen- sort of heartbreaking to look at for him the situation he's in. He, so sent, he, he doesn't want his marriage end. to end, right. and then he's just like, cause obviously he has to sort of keep up the sort of he's okay with it, so his wife will stay with him. Yeah. But ultimately, it's just... he says he says something near the end that's like really sad. He says he says something like, "Oh, if you if you and your, your new guy wanted to like involve me in anything, I'd be like." really interested in that and then and his wife like, just slaps him down yeah like, that's probably never gonna happen, not <laughs> never gonna happen jerry i've got a new man yeah it's like i think it does sometimes paint polyamory a bit negatively like i don't know where they found these people to get interviewed like they, they're all in ruins <laughs> yeah i suppose that's the thing that's the thing i'd noticed about it it's sort of that it's sort of all okay when it's them but when it's their partner doing it yeah like one of them sort of he was quite happy there's one scene where he's quite it's, uh, it's a different uh, thing that yeah. sort of live together it's sort of a communal living kind of thing that's what, sort the, of, the three that no, sleep no. in a row no the other one the ones oh the young attractive yeah, ones young, younger ones yeah they're probably <laughs> yeah. about like, in their mid-twenties and they're sort it of it definitely works better at that age it must yeah 
I'm sh- yeah, that's what I sort of. But anyway, yeah. Um, so they're twenty, sort of twenty, twenty-five, that kind of age, and they're just sort of like when there's a scene where the may the man is sort of doing his polyamory, polyamory thing, yeah. and he's all right with it, and it's all fine, and then his girlfriend or wife who's pregnant. With his child. With his child. Find someone else. And then Louis interviewing him, and he's not very happy about it. Yeah, and obviously. Sort of, that's the sort of thing. It's so, it's so peculiar, because obvi- I think you get used to your sort of setup. Like, it was it was the young guy, and he had the kind of two partners, and he had the baby with one, and he was just kind of seeing the other kind of thing. And it looked like it was fine, and you involve another person. I think it takes a lot of getting used to. Well, I, don't th- I think my thing is that I think there's always... I don't think, I, I don't think whether or not they can escape the jealousy, and whether or not <laughs> they just say they can to try and escape their sort of... to lull themselves into that sense of, I'm not <coughs> jealous, I'm I not jealous. It's totally the sort of thing that works fine for a brief period of time. Yeah. Like... It, it, I don't know if you can live with it forever. I think it's the kind of thing that maybe would build up resentment as well. Yeah. Sort of, sort of any kind of... A lot, une- a lot of hatred, favouritism, you could yeah, say. Yeah, sort of any kind of unequal share of anything might be the thing that's like, sort of imagine, like, Just think, when, 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 that, when that girl eventually had... Well, she had the kid after the thing was filmed. Yeah. Like, oh, how's, how's the kid going to grow up? It's going to be... Did like, you see the, the title screen at the end? Yeah, of course, they, they didn't give the kid a gender. Yeah, they decided like, to obviously not give not. a gender. Why, why would those two? But... It's just going to be so interesting, that kid's life. The kid will get used to it quite quick, I think. Yeah, I think, because the other one, there was like, <clears> well, they were sort of interviewing the, the uh, Jerry and his wife. They had a daughter. Yeah. They were talking to her, and they, that was bizarre. Yes, I don't know why she was there. It was when they, when they visited um, Jerry's wife's partner's wife, and yeah. how her life just seemed absolutely in bits. Well, yeah, because she was literally saying to Louis through like, we're pretty much going to... It was looking like we were going to get divorced. Then we started doing this. And you're thinking, why did you not just get divorced? Yeah, like, what's, like... You can't just ruin Jerry's get divorced, life. you know? You don't just have to... Yeah. <laughs> so, talking of other things I've seen this week, the sort of news kind of things. Uh, you know, last... Uh, two weeks ago, because we were here last week, we were talking about uh, John Favreau's series for the Disney streaming service. Oh, yeah. They've announced what it's going to be called. Oh, this is exciting. It isn't exciting at all. It's Disney+. Plus. Oh, it's so boring. boring. But also, I did. At least it wasn't Disney Prime or Disflix. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, people are literally calling it the Netflix killer. What do, think, you, do you reckon it would? They think take it might do it in, instantly. Oh, apparently so, because sort of the the amount of money they're pouring into this. Sort of the uh, CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, he sort of gave a statement where he was talking about the um, talking about the streaming service and sort of announced the name. And they're talking about other things they're doing. They are making a series for Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That should be all right. But that's actually going to have Tom Hiddleston in it. And then they're also making new version, not sort of new films, but like t- TV series based on other properties they have. Sort of, it's a Monsters, Inc. and High School Musical as yeah, well. It's, it's just, I can't imagine anything ever killing Netflix off. Well, no, apparently the thing that might do it, though, is the sort of their, the way they're going to work it is you buy this Disney, you buy Disney Plus, yeah. and they're going to subcategorize with all the properties they own. And it attacks your Netflix. It, it well, ruins your computer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to block <laughs> Netflix.co.uk. <laughs> But no, I think, yeah, what well, they're planning on splitting it up. So you can literally, so they're going to have National Geographic, Marvel, Star Wars, Disney, and then maybe Pixar. Wow. There's whole separate entities where you can go into sort of, you can click on that one and see all the new Pixar stuff or Marvel. This is this is the future, Josh. This just could be, it's all going to be VR one day. You'd be like, what are you up to today? I'm just living in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like Ready Player One. I'm it? just disappearing into this. Have you seen yeah. that film? Yeah, I love Ready Player yeah. One. It's great. Is that what you're referencing in some Almost, way? yes. But yeah. I, remember, I remember I was in an awful mood when I saw Ready Player One. So I don't think I appreciated it as much at the time, but it is a, it is a really good film. 
yeah, it's going to be so weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, I think it'll be good though. I think like because all Disney has so many good things you'd want to watch. Like, I'd probably watch. I'd literally watch any of the Pixar films right now. <laughs> you'd stick one up right now and I'd sit any. and watch it. Literally, I can't think of any one I wouldn't watch right this second. <laughs> yeah, there can't be any. Can uh, maybe not the good. Well, maybe not Cars two. Maybe not Cars two. Yeah, maybe don't put Cars two on. But other than I that, haven't seen Cars in ages. But the amount of stuff they're going to have to put on, it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> like the amount of films that Disney have made. Like even the old stuff, and well, like them... Steamboat Willie. Well, no, but not stuff like that. But some of the other like cartoons that the, some of the original, like the um, what's it called, uh, animated original pictures, which aren't original at all. They were stolen from old fairy tales that got yeah. out of copyright. But anyway, that's a story for another day about <laughs> why I don't like Disney because of the copyright thing. But we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just think that it, it don't think it'll kill Netflix because I think Netflix has a lot more room of sort of things to put on because they are sort of channeling themselves purely Disney. Have you ever noticed some of the Netflix stuff has just really just gone downhill? Like when you see a Netflix original series, you might pop a bit on and it's just weirdly trash. enough. I want to mention that actually because have you seen their newest, their latest uh, film they're going to bring out? New is cool. It's about uh, it's called Mowgli, like Adventures from the Jungle Book. Oh, right. Because basically, what happened was quite interesting. Jungle Book's making a real resurgence. Well, yeah, recently, that's the isn't thing. It? It's that it's basically directed by Andy Serkis. Oh, right. And apparently, they were planning on making this film for ages, and then Disney sort of usurped them and made the Jungle book with john favreau and then obviously they've been left thingy because they've made this film and now everyone was thinking oh, it's <laughs> gonna be a copy of the jungle book even though they started before and disney just managed to get it out before uh evil evil yeah, guys I, don't know, I watched the trailer just before i came here and it actually looks quite good but i think it does look, it does look a lot like the <laughs> jungle book by john favreau oh, right, oh it right. looks so much like that but yeah also, I was going to say other things that I saw this week that really something really really irritated me <laughs> is, are you aware of who the chain smokers are yeah, they're the fellas who do the backseat of my over. Yeah, yeah, closer, and they did. Yeah, this is completely unbelievable. They're making a film based on their song Paris. No, they actually are. It's genuinely true. Why? They announced it this week. Why are they doing this? Unbelievable. And also, the, my th- other problem with Chainsmokers is I don't actually mind Coldplay that much. Which you I'm not saying this on a radio station is probably going to get us. Yeah, people. Complaints. Coldplay are generally the they're the hated band. Aren't they are they? quite hated. Yeah, but people, I quite aren't, like people aren't too fond of. I them. did. Then I, I sort of went off them a bit with um, the album Ghost Stories wasn't very good. I've never properly listened to Coldplay. That's all about. But... That's just about um, thinking of getting divorced <coughs> from his wife, Chris Martin getting a divorce. But no, but they really got a resurgence with Adventure of a Lifetime. That was a really good album, <laughs> and they did a song, and then they did a song with the Chainsmokers. Oh, and that's right. where I lost. That's where I lost uh, all kind of thingy for them. So why why are the chain smokers making a film? I have absolutely no idea because anyone can now. Yeah, I guess it's just like any YouTube star can make a music video. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw something today that was really weird of a guy who does football videos. Oh yeah, the F two yeah. freestyler. If you yeah, yeah, just he's, and... he's done some strange music video of him as Batman and then is his it? girlfriend. And his girlfriend sort of in is... London. Yeah, and they're you... walking around and kind of rapping a bit and. It's talking, so, it's so bad. Kind of walking a bit more, and not a lot happening. It's one of the worst. <laughs> that it is just awful. Yeah, True, True Geordie did the. Yeah, yeah review, I saw didn't that. They? Talking yeah. to True Geordie in documentaries. Have you Grizzly Man? That is what. That is the what, last thing I want to shout out. <laughs> is that if anyone hasn't seen Grizzly Man by Werner Herzog, you have to go and watch it. <laughs> it's just. It's sort of the most unintentional. Obviously, I don't want to say comedy because there's sort of a very tragic ending yeah. to it. But it's sort of a man who decided it'd be a good idea to go and live with who obviously oh, had some issues. I live with the bears. Yeah, <laughs> I died for these bears. Yeah, get him. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard about him. Have you never seen the True Jolly reacts to it? Yeah, no, no. I I oh, you watched I that saw. Video as well. I, I heard about it through Joe Rogan. Yeah, because it's like oh, I live with these bears. I'll, I'll die with them. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, basically, it's a man who had some sort of issues. Sort of he could. So he was sort of a failing actor, and he decided 
decided to go to <clears throat> move to a national park to live there and film the bears. Yeah. And he documented his entire life. And then eventually, sort of, there was a tragic yeah. something occurring. And then the footage got into the hands of Werner Herzog, the documentarian, <laughs> and he made a film based on it. Yeah, because there's the... Um... What's the film of the woman who lives with the chimpanzees? I have no idea. Uh, I think it's Jane something. Oh, um, right, yeah. yeah. Jane, I don't think Jane Foster, she's from Thor. Yeah, yeah, but she she lived with the chimpanzees, yeah. and I think she did it in quite an intelligent way. It took months and months. She had to be very calm, very relaxed, yeah. very, like, gain the trust. This man just but, got a camera, yeah. <laughs> went into a national park on the off-season, and just started just talking to the... Just started, like, he literally talks to the bears like they're real people. Yeah. It's like, at one point, there's like a fight, and he's like trying to coach them like what went wrong in that fight and it's just like it's unbelievable but yeah that's my recommendation of the week grizzly man grizzly man i'll even watch that josh do you give a recommendation of the week of anything you've seen recommendation of the week uh go see mandy see what you think about it yeah. see if it was actually as artsy and as artsy and farty as i thought it was well, that's probably it from us today but uh if you fo- uh, follow us on twitter uh at the Final Cut MCR on Facebook, and we're now uh, the podcast of this <laughs> is on iTunes and Spotify. That is and exciting. The, anywhere else you get podcasts, and literally the number of places it's on is unbelievable. Hive? No, not Hive. <laughs> but places I haven't even heard of. So thank you very much. Good a bit, guys. Goodbye.